This is Dropped Among This Crowd, a podcast that dives into the music and community of improvisational progressive rock bands on Free Geese. Each week will feature a rotating schedule of insightful full show recaps, interviews with fellow Umphreaks, members of Team UM, as well as other musicians who have been inspired by and or played with the band. This is your place for all the latest news and happenings within the world of Umphreaks, helping keep you informed on what's been recently released or where you can catch the next show. I'm your host, Sarah Jaginiak. Thanks for joining me as we dive in. Are you prepared for what comes next? Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining me for this week of Dropped Among This Crowd. Last week, the show took a week off to continue preparing for the massive summer camp music festival episode that I am about to lay on you this week. If you missed the last full episode two weeks ago, where we dove back into summer tour and unpacked the little mid-August Midwest run in Milwaukee, Minneapolis, and Des Moines. There is a link in the show notes where you can give that a listen. The band released a Splice Together show that consisted of set two from the show on the 13th in Milwaukee and the second set from the First Avenue show in Minneapolis, called Best of Midwest 21. That was free to watch on their YouTube channel, and there is also a link in the show notes for that. Before we get into Reliving Summer Camp Weekend, a quick announcement about another festival coming in 2022, which I'm sure by now you've seen this lineup for Sweetwater 420 Fest at Centennial Park in Atlanta, Georgia, April 29th through May 1st. Stacked is not even the correct word to describe this lineup. Like, it's almost just ridiculous how they pulled this one off. Umphreys will be playing two sets and also on the bill Oysterhead, Tab, String Cheese, Snoop Dogg. Who in the hell else is, like trying to manifest a Snoop Dogg sit-in with Umphreys. Like, I think probably the band is themselves, too. Like, come on. How sick would that be? Like, even if he came out and just did, like, his fucking Snoop Dogg dance, like, that would be cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, it would just be awesome. Anyways. (laughs) Also on the bill, J-Rad, Goose, Moe, and seriously just a shit ton of others. This is probably going to be, like, the festival of 2022. I really don't see anybody, uh, like, upping this lineup. I don't know. I'd, I guess I'd have to really think about that to see, like, who could, you know, top this. Anyways, tickets are already on sale for this incredible weekend of music, and you will find information and everything you need in the show notes. All right, so let's take a break from all of the fall festivities. Although I am like the most basic fall bitch ever, I am so here for pumpkins and leaves and all the colors and everything. But let's go back and relive Summer Camp Music Festival 2021. And there's a lot to unfold for sure. 
for Umfree shows, side projects, and other shenanigans, and I'm going to try and cover it all. If you missed it leading up to the festival, the four-part miniseries that I did with Joel called Tales from Scamp, in that Joel and I talk about sit-ins, legendary versions of songs, sets Joel has seen and missed over the years. Uh, We talk about God Boner, and we also talk about Huey Lewis um, and the rumor set that they did, Um, and he tells a lot of really fun stories. Um, If you listen to or if you were at the Thursday VIP set and they're, you know, telling stories. The two of the stories that Joel tells, he actually elaborates more on in the mini series. So if you were, you know, kind of interested in hearing more about those stories and definitely the Ryan Stasek story, um, you will find those actually in the uh, mini series that we did. That was a lot of fun. And I would love to do something like that again with Joel. Um, just the stories and to relive his memories was just a lot of fun. So check that out if you haven't. Also, link in the show notes and anywhere you stream your podcasts. This year at the festival, I did something that I've never done before. And now that I have, I honestly will never go back. (laughs) I'm talking about getting a hotel for the weekend instead of camping on site. The main reason was my press credentials didn't get approved until like the last minute. So I think it was like Tuesday and I left Thursday night. And so for that reason... I had to take my six-year-old with me, and he's done the festival before, 2019, and we camped, but this year, with just everything going on, hotel just felt like the right choice, and it really was. I mean, if you were there, you know how fucking hot it was during the weekend, so it was nice to be able to come back to a room rest in the AC, take a real shower, use a flushing toilet, wash your fucking hands with running water and soap. And just, it was really wonderful. And I honestly already booked a room for next year because I really don't think I'm going to go back to camping. Of course, it all depends on, um, what you do at the festival. Um, like I said, I had my kid with me, so, My festival looked different than a lot of other people's. So, of course, if you are not in the condition to drive, maybe consider having a DD or something, you know, not in any way condoning anybody to party and then drive, you know, please be safe. Um, But if you don't do any of that kind of stuff, um, I am the biggest advocate for hotels, (laughs) the festivals now. I am so here for it. I've gone VIP every year. I've gone to Scamp, except for my first year in 2008. And that was always fantastic. But I mean, it's grown over the years. If you go regularly, you know that and just kind of imagine they just did their 20th year. And so it's grown a lot over the years. And honestly, I think at this point, Like when I went in 2019, like the bathrooms and the amenities that they kind of entice you with to get the VIP 
it just, it doesn't feel like it's worth it to me anymore. Um, specifically, like I said, the bathrooms, like the bathrooms are just as atrocious, um, as the other ones. So for me, I just, I just like doing the hotel from now on. It just makes me feel more rested too. It makes me feel more ready to take on, um, the next day of the festival because, it's a lot. Like there's a lot of music to see. There's a lot of ground to cover as it grows. It's really hot regardless of when it is. Um, you know, it's really dry or it's really wet and it, it just takes a, a toll on you. And so just for the sheer fact of being able to get a little bit of rest, even if you're not, you know, sleeping a bunch because it's the weekend and whatever, even when you're taking a nap, like it's your body's actually resting and you're actually able to enjoy the music better, I think. So I'm here for it. <laughs> and I seriously did get a little misty eyed when I walked on the festival grounds the first time Friday, got through the gates and walked that main drag of summer camp. And I did. I definitely got teary eyed because it just felt like, first of all, some days that we were never going to do that again. Um, but that it, or maybe that it would take like a super long time until we got to do that again, or at least until I was able to go again. And it did, it really hit me just, it was almost like a victory to be able to walk that stretch again and be like, oh my God, we fucking lived through part of this, you know, and we're able to, to do this. It definitely felt like a victory to, to be able to be there. And for anyone wondering about being at a festival in the COVID era, I would say it's definitely business as disgusting business as usual. <laughs> it's summer camp. It's it really was no different. Like, honestly, the amount of people wearing masks was like the same amount of people that are wearing masks anyway, because it's dusty, honestly. Um, you know, it, it probably sounds a little contradictory what I just said that I've got there and I was emotional at first. Um, but it was really surprising as the weekend went on, um, how there really wasn't even any like mention of any of it. Um, I mean, obviously we're all trying to get away for the weekend and don't want it like shoved in our face, of course. Um, but it was really interesting, like the lack of just nothing. Um, really the most that I saw was when I went to go pick up my press pass and they wanted to see a negative test before, um, I could pick up my press, but that was it. Like there was no sort of checkpoint for people coming in to get their ticket scanned. Um, so it was just interesting, um, to see how the festival handled that entire situation in this era. Um, I didn't hear anything about anyone getting sick, um, specifically at the festival. Um, but I mean, I'm sure with that many people, it's bound to happen anyways, but it was definitely interesting. And I mean, I'm grateful that I was able to go. It was a fantastic weekend and I got to see a shit ton of friends and that made me feel really great. Um, but definitely very interesting to, uh, see how summer camp music festival was handling, um, running an event this size in, uh, COVID era. 
And I think we all know exactly who the MVP of the weekend is, Mr. Ben Factor, who has absolutely been killing it every single show the band has played in 2021. This, I'm recording this uh, right after Umbul, and incredible watching him on the stream. It's seriously a pleasure and a treat to watch him light it up at his first summer camp as the band's LD. I was posted up in front of him Friday night, um, and it's just incredible to, I mean, that stage and the backdrop and just the whole thing anyways, but then to just watch him do that, it's just, I love it. It's, he's so incredible. And I just keep saying how lucky we are to watch Ben now when he's so young and so early in his career. Honestly, I think that people will be talking about him in the next couple of years as an influence similar to the way folks talk about Kuroda. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've like said that on the show before. I mean, come on, look at his work already and look at where he's like drawing influences from. I've talked about this on the show, some of the writings that he's put out talking about, you know, these things and that and where he's influenced from this and the things that he's told me. And it's incredible that he's drawing influences from all of these different places bringing them to the table and just blowing our minds like he's absolutely going to be a name in the lighting industry that people are going to know people are going to look to him for inspiration in the future and I think that's really fucking cool (laughs) that's just really cool anyways but it's really cool that we get to watch him um so early on and you know learn all these things and get to play with all these awesome things um being with Umphreys and playing the venues that they play so it's incredible and he's absolutely 100% the MVP of summer camp weekend in my opinion and if you didn't know Ben Factor was a guest here on the show before and I will link um his episode in the show notes and If you were interested, Jefferson Waffle um, has also been a guest on the show. I interviewed him back um, at the last summer camp, 2019, um, right after the band's Sunday set. And so if you want to listen to that, I'll throw it in the show notes as well. I've also done a recap of the 2018 and 2019 summer camps, and you can check those out if you'd like. I also made a summer camp 2021 playlist on Nugs. If you're a subscriber of Crooked Conversations, you may have already checked that out and know what's on my list. But anyway, it contains my highlights from the weekend, separate from my Hall of Fame 2021 list. So I do want to put that disclaimer on that um, just because I added them to my summer camp highlights list does not mean they're automatically finding a seat on my Hall of Fame list. Just want to put that disclaimer out there. Um, You can also find a link for my Hall of Fame 2021 list, the ever-evolving list, and the summer camp highlight list 
in the show notes if you want to give those a spin. And I also did a blog post about summer camp 2019 and what it was like taking my then four-year-old with me. If you're interested in reading that, you'll find it at datcmediacompany.com under the Dropped Among This Blog tab. There's also a bunch of other um, random blog posts. I checked it out the other day because I was I had added one on there semi-recently. And uh, yeah, I forgot how many were on there. So if you want to kind of peruse through there, um, go ahead and take a look.
first up, side projects, sit-ins, and shenanigans that the guys participated in beyond the four shows the full band played. Friday night, fate night with Bayless and Frasco and a couple members of his band uh, would also come out during that set. And I gotta be transparent with this one. This is definitely like my thing from the weekend that I I'm sad about. I try to live with no regrets. Um, but yeah, I I missed this one. I I had to tap out. I drove the whole night Friday and then did the festival all day Friday. So I just I couldn't. My body was like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> it it hurt. It definitely hurt because I love Fate Night so much. And it was my favorite set from 2019. Um, but I just really could not do it. I was just so done. Um, my son was asleep in the wagon and I was just like dragging him around, but I was just so tired. I needed to, to get some rest, but thankfully there's been a bunch of videos that have popped up. So I was able to see some of the shenanigans, um, you know, not the same of course, but I still got to see some videos. So grateful for that. And apparently the highlight of the evening was Bobby Haight, coming out in his short shorts or his underwear very similar to him parading the cards during umble apparently <laughs> and side note i had the pleasure of having mike racky on my show from fate night and he was on talking about them and just a ton of other topics he shares a really great a-list story that I will link in the show notes if you want to listen. And also Bobby Haight has been on the show too. So I will throw a link for that in there. There's going to be a lot of links and a lot of stuff for you guys to dive into. So you're welcome. <laughs> Stasic would make an appearance during Frasco's set, I believe, Saturday afternoon. I was sitting there and like trying to think and I couldn't remember, but I'm pretty sure it was Saturday afternoon. Uh, Saturday night, Joel and Chris would join Marcus Rezac for his Shred is Dead set. I did catch a little of that. And I've mentioned here on the show many times how much I really love when those three play together. And I will also link to the episode from the 2019 Louisville show where I talk about the after party with those three. Seriously, probably one of my favorite like after parties ever. Um, Sunday afternoon, Joel would join everyone orchestra for their set after the Umphreys afternoon throwdown. Doom Flamingo would rock out three sets, Stasic told me, but I think there was a fourth pop-up show last minute um, during the weekend. I remember something um, on the app was updating because some bands were late or they couldn't come or things were moved around all weekend. Um, and I think there was like a pop-up show um, for them at some point of the weekend. And finally, Death Kings, the new power punk trio made up of Stasic, Mike Ganser from Aqueous, and Mikey Karuba from Turquoise. They made their highly anticipated stage debut on Sunday night. 
They would be joined by guitar player Brett Robertson from a band called Fernways. They are actually also a Buffalo band, which I didn't know until I talked to Mike Ganser post-Death Kings, who brought in Brett to play this show. And I've had the pleasure of having each of the guys from Death Kings on the show here talking about this exciting new project that they've been working on during quarantine and all of this time. And so I'll link those episodes with Stay Sick, Mike Ganser, and Mikey Karuba in the show notes, as well as their social media. So if you're not already following them, you can do so. So... For anybody wondering, that means Ryan played, as he told me, six ump sets, three doom sets, one Death Kings, a side of Frasco, 10 plus sets. To which my response was, sounds like a tasty recipe. <laughs> I think he uh I think he wins for most sets played. Um, at least in 2021 and maybe like ever at a festival. Like, I don't know. Has there been anybody else who's played that many sets at summer camp? Probably not. So let's get into all of this music. Starting Thursday off with Turn and Run. And side note, I really like the recording of this VIP set because of the tent So they had to move all of the shows from the Red Barn to this tent because of COVID protocols. I mean, you can't have everybody stuffed in this Red Barn, which has terrible breathing ventilation. I mean, they've put an AC thing in there now, but it's yucky in there when everybody's in their mouth breathing and drinking. Anyway, so during this time, definitely a good choice to move those out of there. So so because of that and the way that it sounded in there and the setup and everything, to me it sounded like an older show because it was so intimate sounding and I just really love that. So side note on that. Dim Sun Next last played 353 shows ago at the Fillmore in Philadelphia, PA, on October 21st, 2016. Brennan and Jake played acoustics on that version almost five years ago. Bayless mentions this next one being about a cat before ripping it open into Ringo, another highlight from this set. Wandering way off, taking a detour into some serious 70s funk on its first trip back into Ringo, really charging off with a completely different mindset slightly after five minutes. Muff to the Revenge next. Bayless mentions before this being a true story. So I definitely am going to have him elaborate on that sometime. I mean, if anybody listening has heard perhaps maybe a story before, please feel free to reach out and let me know. Um, But I'm going to ask him to elaborate on that some more because I would like to know. (laughs) This tune played only one other time in 2021, February 4th, during Wrapped Around Nashville at Chris's house. Water Next, followed by Double F, 
which Joel mentions are some of his favorite lyrics of Bayless's. And speaking of double F, in case you haven't heard about the Wall of Wow Wednesday, the forthcoming show, the Umphreys Wow Show with Rob Turner and Jimmy Knowledge, has been working hard on finding out where these songs come from, what they're about, looking closely at how they've evolved over the years, and have pulled out key versions that deserve to be recognized. They recently put this song, Double F, under the microscope with the beginning brick versions from 2.27.02, 9.17.03, 2.21.04, 12.304, 313.14 and 427.17. They've done nine songs so far at the time of me recording this episode. And you can head to the website datcmediacompany.com to check them all out. You'll see them all listed, and there's a space for you to offer your opinion of best versions as well. There's also uh, two pages in the fall edition of Cricket Conversations talking about the WOW show and also showing um, the beginning songs that they've started to dissect, although the website will have the more up to the up-to-date version of of what we're discussing on there and like I said there is a space for you to offer your opinion of best versions and those could be added to the wall or discussed on a future episode of the Umphreys wow show this has been a lot of fun working on them with and we recently sat down with Stasic and talked a whole bunch and we've talked to Bayless and very, 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 very excited um, for this to be released to you guys. I think um, some of you fans are just really going to eat it up because you love to dissect this stuff um, so much. But either way, everybody's going to love it to hear the history of these songs because I know I'm always curious about where the title came from or what was the inspiration behind writing it or whatever. So, you know, I'm I'm super excited about this. I think everybody's going to love it. And if you're on Twitter, give a follow to the UM Wow Show and keep your eyes peeled for the next Wall of Wow Wednesday. And also keep your eyes and ears peeled for the Umphreys Wow Show coming soon to DATC Media Company back to this double F. (laughs) It goes on a nice trance-like adventure, enjoying a devious and sexy jaunt. The rest of Thursday at summer camp would round out with Golf Stream, Alex's house, Smell the Mitten that I thought was another highlight from the evening, and closing out the VIP set with Hangover. Although it seems like it's a little early in the weekend for a hangover, huh? (laughs) I hope you don't already have one. That would not be it. Friday nights, my personal favorite from the weekend. And if we're picking, I think, the best night of the festival in terms of Umphrey shows, specifically this first set, 
Set one would open with the silent type dancing off about four minutes, enjoying a nice responsibility-free jaunt around the block, easing its foot off the gas and slipping back into something a little sexier about four minutes later, kind of dissipating away but quickly reconnecting all the Legos, making its way back into the silent type. Say what you will about that one, but that was a nice way to start the evening. My son Brendan just like loves that tune. Every time I take him to a show, he always says he wants to hear that. And a lot of the time he gets it. Like he was with me at summer camp. We got it. We went to New Hampshire and they played it. So, I mean, he gets it. I think he's seen the silent type a bunch of times. I'm going to look into that now. He has an account on all things Umphreys. Um, I had to. I mean, he's been to like 20 plus shows, so I have to make him an account. Um, So I'll definitely check and see how many times he's seen that song because he really, really, really loves that one. Suxity next, followed by The Crooked One, which I personally put on my highlight list. It's on the summer camp highlight list, but I'm pretty sure this is going to move over to the 2021 Hall of Fame list. And it's one that I've listened to a bunch of times. And if you saw the sneak peek video I made right before the announcement of Crooked Conversations, this jam is what I used. I know a few people asked and I wasn't able to get to all the answers that people were asking me, but this is the jam I used in that air quotes commercial thing that I made. I just love the aggressive, I just love the aggressive, but not super aggressive, almost like a matter of fact don't fuck with me vibe of this jam starting to slink its way out about six minutes going on an adventure around the globe and falling all down to earth slightly after 12 minutes and into puppet string it's just a really good version and they've really been giving the crooked one the treatment this year for sure I know I mentioned this um before I feel like I have um but that one's you know, coming out and having a lot of fun lately, and I'm so here for it.
Uh, the puppet string after that would go for a nice little I'm not taking any bullshit drive starting about four minutes, leaving that in the dust for now, pivoting and driving right into Crucial Taunt. I mean, that song is just ripping. I I know I said this a bunch, but that would be a tune I feel could get radio play if we were going to pick one. A mighty tasty Miami virtue, I thought, next. Sounding like it's dabbling in a little Don't Stand So Close to Me by the police as it wanders out about five minutes. Shaking that off and embarking on its own adventure, dissipating off into the unknown a few minutes later, slipping deeper and deeper into a dream, snapping back to reality as maybe someday. Closing out the first set of Friday Night with Wizard Burial Ground. And I am so surprised how this one got me in the moment. I was legit crying. Like, I was legitimately crying during Wizards. <laughs> I I don't know. Maybe it was just the energy I mean, that song, there's a lot of energy to that song. Or maybe it was just all the people. And then my son was just raging so fucking hard. Like, he was feeling it so hard. And I think it was just, you know, just looking around and everything in the moment and kind of maybe what I had said before about being there again. Like, just all of it. It just got me. And, you know, listening back to it a few times, I still get goosebumps. And, like, I'm talking about it right now and I'm getting goosebumps. It's just a really damn fine version of this song. But, yeah, none of the emotional songs made me weep. Nope. It was Wizards that did it. So, I don't know what that says about me. But I got emotional during Wizards, so whatever. It is what it is. I love that tune. Fun fact about the second set starting Depth Charge off the new intros album. It was originally debuted at Summer Camp Music Festival on May 26th, 2012, and hasn't been played since January 24th, 2020 at Stage AE in Pittsburgh, PA. A pretty hefty version of The Floor coming out to really get set to started, charging off slightly before three and a half, cooling its jets, beginning to round the corner about three minutes-ish later, spreading its wings and embodying a more tender vibe for a little bit, mystically building itself back into the floor. Day Nurse dancing out next, followed by Ocean Billy, another one that found a space on my scamp highlight list and possibly could make its way over to the Hall of Fame list as well. Ocularly taking stock of where it would like to head, starting out very whimsically and tender about seven minutes, opening into a seriously beautiful, raw, goosebump-inducing section, shaking it off, gathering courage, picking up momentum, and charging forward. That was just, uh, that was... That was good. That was a good one 
like emotionally too to be inside of. I get a lot of history with that tune anyways. That's one of the first songs um, that I really remember listening to and remembering and wanting to listen to over and over again. And um, that's a song I listen to a lot during a really tough time in my life. So listening to that now after so much growth and change in my life, it's like, fuck, this song. Both of us grew up a bunch. So yeah, I like that one a lot. Once in a Lifetime by The Talking Heads next. Only covered three times, including this time here. Well, until they played it again at Umble, but we'll get to that. <laughs> First time played August 14th, 2015, featuring the Chicago Mass Choir. I was at that show. That was a very, very fun night. They also played Rhiannon that night. I also got to hug Jen Hartswick that night. My son also got to meet Bayless that night. So that was such a great time and a fantastic show. The Ravinia is awesome. Take that for a spin if you haven't. I think I'm going to listen to that today now. Hurt Birdbath next, falling down the rabbit hole and landing right in the middle of a super fun mid-80s Prince dance party jam slightly before six and a half. That one also on my highlights list. Tuning into the underworld before embarking on Nether, coming out for the second time, debuted at Red Rocks this past summer, June 20th. I love that they brought it back out again, giving it another try. Only way that this is going to mature and how they're going to get comfortable with it and decide how it's going to grow is by playing it. So I'm happy to see that they're still taking it out for a drive and seeing what they want to, you know, keep and kind of feel it out. I'm excited to see what happens with that. Is it something that's going to stick around? Is it going to change? Is there going to be expansion somewhere? Um, Time will tell. I'm excited to see. Plunger and the conclusion of Puppet String from earlier in the night to close out Friday at summer camp. Do you create really rad fan art? Is your band wanting to get into the ears of umfreaks? Maybe your small business provides an awesome service and you'd like some like-minded clients to work with. Are you looking to hire some music-loving folks for your team? Perhaps you've had an idea for an umfreaks-themed podcast or something else that you just know this community would love, but you weren't sure where to start. Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company wants to help. With space available for your Umphreys-related show idea, social media promotion of your band, ad spots across the network, and so much more, Dropped Among This Crowd Media Company can help you be seen, heard, and reach tons of fellow Umphreaks, musicians, and other kind folks. Want to know more or have questions? Shoot an email to sarah at datcmediacompany.com. Bringing us to Saturday evening, starting with another walkout tune off the new album, You Got the Wrong Guy. Kicking it into second gear with looks that would dabble in a little cashmere tease inside the jam. 
a mantis sandwich next with a very meaty it doesn't matter stuffed in the middle that it doesn't matter would find a spot on the highlights list and that's another one that I think I'm gonna put over onto the hall of fame list as well that one would go on two grand adventures during its 15 minute timestamp, enjoying a little wander close to the chest about three minutes keeping a bit of its roots still attached while it finds its way dabbling back into it doesn't matter for a minute shaking it off, fully letting go, embracing its own maturity slightly before six and a half, really opening itself up, sights on the sky, sliding back into it doesn't matter proper about three minutes later, wandering back out, and this time a little more ominous and more focused determination, sauntering back into it doesn't matter about three minutes after that. Like I said, that was a lot of fun for sure. On the highlights list, take it for a spin, I suggest. And they would take that into the conclusion of Mantis. Bridgeless next. This first part, also on the Scamp highlight list. Leaving Bridgeless proper about six minutes. Gleefully dancing along. Joel blasting us into the atmosphere about a minute later completely leaving Bridgeless in the dust for now and stepping into glory. Whoppy Sprayberry also on the highlight list and another tune that has recently been examined closer for the Wall of Wow Wednesdays that I mentioned at the top of the show. So check out the website for the beginning list of Wow versions of Whoppy. This one would dance off about four minutes enveloping us in a sensual trance as it continues picking up momentum as it dances on suddenly remembering an old resentment about four minutes ish later letting it all out before schizophrenically coming back to the previous dance party creeping its way back home into Wapi and ending the first set of saturday night at scamp with cemetery walk Set two, kicking off with No Crying in Mexico, another one played during the weekend from the new album of intros. 1348 charging out first, showing its softer side and delicately twirling off as it begins its adventure about three minutes, lacing up its dancing shoes and really cutting the rug about six minutes, dancing along for a few minutes, putting the brakes on slightly before 10, taking a detour, embodying something a little more aggressive on its drive back into 1348. I did throw that one on my Scamp Highlight playlist as well. An Unfinished Divisions next, followed by the Triple Wide, also on my Highlights list. I think it was last week or the week before, I can't remember, when I mentioned the Triple Wide was one of those songs that has really been getting the treatment lately, and I'm very, very excited to talk about what could possibly be the GOAT Triple Wide from the indie show on September 18th, Um, but I'm getting ahead of myself. This triple wide goes on a nice adventure as well. And like I mentioned, I threw it on my scamp highlight list. Not sure yet if it's going to head on over to Hall of Fame. 
The Linear Next, also on the highlight list from the weekend, very confidently dancing off about four minutes. This one would float into the conclusion of Divisions. In the Kitchen after that, blissfully dancing off about four minutes-ish, tickling into where we're going next slightly before seven and a half, becoming more obvious as it builds together underneath, eventually coming all back into the conclusion of Bridgeless from earlier in the evening. And ending Saturday night at summer camp with a cover of the ACDC tune Thunderstruck, covered a total of 18 times, including this one here. Last taken for a spin on September 1st, 2019 at Saranac Brewery in Utica, New York. Fun fact about this cover, it was first debuted at Summer Camp Music Festival back in 2003 on May 25th. Noted on all things Umphreys, two minutes were played and sung that first time. (sighs) All right. So that brings us to the final Umphreys set from the weekend, Sunday. Historically, the hottest set of the weekend, regardless of the festival being in May or August, due to its afternoon time stamp, face melting in the middle of the afternoon. However, the sweltering heat did not stop the heat from the stage, As Bayless affectionately called it, this is the detox so we can retox set. And, you know, this is like a side note. I think that I actually like the festival weather-wise better in August. I mean, it is balls hot, but it's drier. And I feel like I might actually like the festival in August better. I know that's the kickoff to the summer, and that's kind of how I feel about it too, but... I like the weather better in August, Um, although the heat at night, I don't really like. So it's it's a toss-up. It's definitely a toss-up, but it was still hot as fuck on that Sunday set. It didn't matter. So, (laughs) and if you were there for this set, maybe you witnessed the mini tornado during when the campground to the right of us, a few tents, someone's canopy, some toilet paper, some other things got scooped up and sent up in the air. It was a pretty crazy thing to witness during the show for sure and a valuable lesson in making sure that you bring enough stakes with you to the festival for the weekend. PSA, sponsored by Dropped Among This Crowd podcast. bring enough steaks. There is a video actually on YouTube, but I think it's like during another band. Um, But if you just search like Flying Tent Summer Camp Music Festival 2021, it'll pop up. It's it's not the same tent that we saw. I don't know. Maybe it is. Um, but, But there's definitely some other tent tornado action happening in the middle of the Sunday set for sure. Starting off the sweltering afternoon set with a nice fatty slacker, Hourglass Next, followed by Phil's, another one from the weekend that found a spot onto my scamp highlights list, bellowing and contorting as it begins, ominously starting to drive out full of determination with just the right amount of eeriness dripping off of it about three minutes-ish, continuing to make its way through the thick fog 
getting a little aggressive as it rounds the bend a few minutes later. I felt there was a little tickle of Big World from Mo. Nothing mentioned on all things Umphreys, and I'm sure it was unintentional and just the same chord progression or something. Like six-ish minutes is when I heard it, but it instantly made me think of the Motoon. Continuing for a little bit, getting a chance to catch its breath a few minutes later before dancing back into Phil's. Dysfunctionally building into the next tune, Jajunk, heading off first on a jazzy adventure before three and a half, finding more focus about two minutes later, bringing it back home into this standalone version two minutes later. Half delayed and night nurse, giving us a taste of that Middle Eastern trance that we would see later on at Umble during the S2 as we head out about three and a half, engulfing us deep in a Joel synth jam, creeping in a little over three minutes later, taking a detour with Chris and Andy, fully taking hold, falling deeper and deeper into a Joel-led trance, completely transporting us somewhere otherworldly, snapping to and nonchalantly dancing back into Night Nurse about 10 minutes. I just love the nurses, the night nurse, the day nurse. I love both of them. They're just so much fun. A much obliged sandwich next with a debut cover nestled inside E-Pro by Beck. Rumor has it this was Chris's idea. Personally, I'm not a huge Beck fan, but this perfect choice cover also found a seat on my Scamp Highlights list. 40s theme after the conclusion of that much obliged Sammy and fully closing out the Sunday and final set for the band at Scamp with Chem Walk 2. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, that's everything for this week of the show. Thanks for hanging out with me and listening to me talk all about summer camp and reliving that weekend. It feels like it was so long ago, but it was only like two months ago, but it feels like an eternity. So thank you for going back and and listening to me talk about that. It was a wonderful weekend And it was really great to do something so incredibly normal. And it was wonderful to see so many of you. I really hope that we can do it again next year. There are so, so, so many links. I mentioned there are so many things that you can find in the show notes. And also where you're going to be able to listen to the shows from the weekend Um, I think two of the days were available on archive and re-listen, and so I did link those as well. You'll also find links for where you can binge on a bunch of past episodes, get your subscription to Crooked Conversations, shop the DATC store, and so much more. So make sure you check all of that out. Thank you again so much for joining me. I will see you around these parts next week. Mad love.